Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, I want to start out in Luke's Gospel, Chapter 1. Thank God for the Word. Luke, Chapter 1. And um, we may look at some other scriptures. I probably will. But we'll at least begin right here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And I, I want to talk to you this morning, as soon as I get my notes up here, uh, on spiritual hunger. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't that sound good? Yes. To be hungry spiritually. Yes. Now, don't be thinking naturally. You can take care of that later on. Hallelujah. Now, let me find what I want to talk about here. Praise God. Isn't modern convenience is wonderful? There it is. Luke chapter 1, verse 53. I already know what I'm going to talk about. I don't have to have my notes, but it's nice to have them in case I don't want to miss anything. Luke chapter 1, verse 53. The Bible says, talking about God said, He hath filled the hungry with good things. How I many want good things? Amen. Or, or literally, that mean, one of the things, meanings that good things is benefits. And the rich He hath sent away empty. You know, hunger is a really strong motivator. <laughs> Anybody ever been hungry? Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, I don't think we've ever been like really, 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 really hungry. Not in America. But yet we've been hungry, right? And it's, it's, it's a motivator. And, and one, of the, one of the signs, one of the signs that something's wrong with you is you don't have any hunger. That's a sign a sickness. You know, uh, Jesus talked about that. He talked about that in the book of Revelation, one of the churches, the Laodicean church. And he said, you say that you're increased with goods, you're rich, and you don't have need of nothing. And you don't know that you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. You don't know. They weren't, in other words, they, you, you can get so full of other things that you don't realize, you know, that you... Uh, you need something. Amen. And I think that we should stay hungry all the time spiritually. Amen. Now, you know, in the natural, how many know that the, uh, in the natural, the more that you, the more that you eat in the natural, the more capacity you have to eat. Oh, help me out, somebody. How many know the less you eat, the less capacity you have, right? There, there was, uh, years ago, there was a, a uh, cafeteria or a, a um, buffet here in town called Duff's. I don't know if anybody is, remembers that. It's been a long, it's been a long time ago. Uh, and it was good, you know. Uh, anytime you, you put the word buffet on the end of any name, that's, that's a positive. And so we had a guy, this is at the church I was at before here. We had a guy in church and he really liked Duff's, you know. And so if he knew he was going to Duff's on Saturday, he wouldn't eat all day Friday. Because he wanted to get his money's worth at Duff's. <laughs> so he would basically fast Friday. I don't know if he ate anything at all 
but he wouldn't eat on Friday so he could go to Duff's on Saturdays and pig out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't there something in the Bible about riotous meat eaters of meat or something like that? They're in Proverbs. But what he didn't realize was this. You know, I don't think really he should have eaten on Friday because when you don't eat, your stomach shrinks. Amen. And so, you know, his, he actually was literally just, you know, probably, probably cutting back on what he could eat, you know, if you really think about it, you know. But that, that's the way he would approach it because he, he wanted to make sure he was hungry. Uh, well, how many know, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, the more you eat of God's Word and the things of God, the more you can receive. Amen. Right? The less you eat, the less you can take in. And uh, people need to keep this edge about them where they have this hunger for God all the time. You just, you're running. You, see, the thing about God, it, it, it's, it's spiritual, so it, it doesn't make sense in the natural. But if you, the, Jesus said it as a divine principle in, in the Beatitudes. He said that uh, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But the thing about the filling of God is you're full, but you want more. You're hungry. You're always wanting to consume more of the things of God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, we need, and, and literally when Jesus said that, he said, you know, that's one of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 6. He said that uh, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. He was literally establishing a divine principle. And here's a divine principle. You determine how much God is going to do in your life. Not God. Now that is opposite of what religion teaches. Most churches teach. But if God was determining it, determining it you'd have everything He has available for you. He allows us to determine that. How much God's going to do in our lives, we determine it by how hungry we are. How hungry are you? Amen. And so that is a divine principle. You see, uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead, He appeared to 500 people. But in the upper room, there was only 120. Now, where were the others at? Well, I'll tell you what, they were busy doing life. And missed one of the greatest, one of the greatest events that ever happened on the earth. Amen. I mean, the day that the Holy Spirit came in and baptized all those people in the upper room was one of the greatest events that ever happened on the planet. And yet only 120 made it to it. But 500, 500 had seen Jesus and knew he was raised from the dead. The Bible tells us that. It tells us about 500 brethren saw him and knew and I'm convinced that, you know, he probably told every one of them, go tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But you got to be hungry. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, I, in the natural, I don't understand people that forget to eat. People do. I've had people, oh, I forgot to eat today. I'm like, I don't know. How, how do you forget to eat? There's... I get reminder. I get text messages from my body, <laughs> little dings that remind me. Matter of fact, 
They come too often. I have to ignore some of them. Amen. But I, I don't understand that because, but, but yet there are people like that, you know. Um, you know, they say that the way you're supposed to do this is you're supposed to eat to live. I haven't come to that yet in my life. How uh, many understand what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, I, I'm more closer to the uh, live to eat. <laughs> Amen. But yet spiritually, how many know that's a good thing, right? Yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that you stay spiritually hungry. And you, you see, because you know, I, I, I think about a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? You know, the little short guy that was a tax collector. And the Bible says, now listen, he wasn't an honest tax collector. And the reason we know is the Bible says he was very rich. Not just rich. He was very rich. Now, now. If you understood the way the process worked in those days, the way they got very rich is they took more than they were supposed to. Maybe you owed 10% taxes, they took 20. They kept the 10. And actually the government was okay with it. You just bring us ours. Whatever else you can get, you can keep. And so he was pretty good at it. But yet he heard Jesus was coming by town. Jesus was coming along Lloyd Expressway. But he was so short, he was so small that he couldn't see Jesus because of all the people. So he climbs up a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. Now we're not talking about, we're not talking about some guy who doesn't have some dignity about him. This is a very rich man. He's a dignified man. He's got the finer things of life. He's got the finest chariot in the neighborhood. He's, he's got the finer, but he is so hungry, he doesn't care what this looks like. I've got to see Jesus. And guess what? You get that hungry, not only do you got to see Jesus, but Jesus sees you. And he saw him up in that tree, and he said, you come down from there, I'm going to eat your house today. Of course, all the people, he's going to eat with a sinner. But he said, man, he said, salvation has come to your house today because you're a son of Abraham. But I mean, no, he had to be hungry, didn't he? I said he had to be hungry. See, this spiritual hunger, it doesn't, when you have spiritual hunger, it, do, it doesn't make a bunch of excuses. <laughs> I think some people, not you, of course, but I think some people just look for, to find excuses not to come to church. Why is it so quiet in this church that you're here this morning? You ought to be saying amen and looking at those empty seats and saying, where is brother and sister so-and-so? Of course, you know, people have legitimate excuses, right? There's legitimate excuses. But sometimes I think people just look for excuses. They get out of bed, stump their toe. Oh, my toe hurts today. I can't go to church. Bring your hurting toe to church and get in the prayer line. We'll have Brother Kenny lay hands on your toe. I'm not touching it. How many understand that there is a big difference, isn't there? And how many know God absolutely knows the difference? Whether, whether we do or not, God knows. I mean, you could fool us. You know what I'm saying? Well, my mother-in-law came up. We'll show her where the refrigerator's at. 
or invite her to church. How about that? Well, she don't want to go. Well, tell her you'll be back. Bring home some pizza when you come back. But go to, help me understand what I'm talking about. You can, you can find excuses. You can find excuses not to read your Bible. You can find excuses not to pray. You can find excuses not to tithe. You can find excuses not to be hungry for God. But see, that reveals you've got a problem. See, you're, you're, You know, if, there's, if you're sick, there's signs, isn't there? There's signs, you know, there's different signs for different sicknesses. You know, if you, you got the flu, you know, you might have fever. You might have a stomach issue. You know what I'm saying? You, you might have other signs, you know, uh, different signs for things. Well, there are signs, there are vital signs that show that we have, we have an issue spiritually. We lose our hunger. We lose our hunger for, for the Word of God. We lose our hunger for prayer. We lose our hunger to worship the Lord. Amen. We lose our hunger to be in his house, to, to, to fellowship with him, to share his word with others. Amen. To share Jesus with us. We lose our hunger to live holy. There are signs. And when those signs start showing up, you know, I'm not spiritually sharp like I should be. Because when you're spiritually sharp, there's evidence of that. Amen. There's evidence when you're not. Now, this isn't condemning, but it's just like if you got something wrong with you, how many, you know, you, you, you need to know what it is. You know, they, they'll do blood work on you. You know, like if you go in for a checkup, you know, just a regular checkup, nothing wrong with you, you know. Um, the doctor will order blood work. And so you go get the blood work done and they read the blood work and they, they, they can tell if something's wrong. Well, there's signs Spiritually, that something's not right in my life, you know. I'm, I'm not hungry like I used to be. Now, I bet you every one of us have had to deal with this. All of us. Even you, Pastor. Oh, yeah. We've all had to, you, we've all had to stir up the gift of God. Remember what Paul told Timothy? Stir up the gift of God that's in you by the laying on of my hands. Well, you've got to stir things up. Like things settle down. Life causes things to settle I often use the analogy of chocolate milk. You know, when we used to, when we were kids, and they probably still make it, but we had this powdered stuff. And they may still make it, I don't know. But we had this powdered stuff, and you put it in your milk, you know, and you stirred it up. But if it sat there long enough, it settled to the bottom. You had to stir it up again. You know, that way with uh, sometimes if you put sugar in your tea, you stir it up, right? But it'll settle to the bottom. See, it's not, it's not that the Holy Spirit needs stirred up. We need stirred up. We've let Him settle to the bottom, and He's not in the forefront of our lives. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy. Stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. Stir it up. See, one of the... Because, you know, listen, you, you could say, well, Pastor, I'm not as hungry as I used to be. Can you tell me how, how I could get to... I could get more hungry. Well, listen to this. I'm going to, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to read 1 Timothy 1.6 out of the Amplified Bible. It says it this way. This is what I would remind you. This is the Amplified Bible. This is what I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. Listen to this now. The inner fire that is in you. Let me know when you got saved, God lit a fire inside of you. Now, it's your job, Paul said, 
to keep the fire going. Well, how do you keep the fire going? <laughs> you go over to the thermostat and turn it up. <laughs> no, see, I, I, I remember when we used to heat our house with, with coal. Coal. Pastor Chuck did his with wood. That wasn't the only thing he had, but he may still burn wood. I don't know. But what, how do you keep the fire going? You got to put more fuel on it. Yeah. Amen. You got to put if it's coal, you got to put more coal in there. If it's wood, you got to put more wood in there. Some of us don't know much about that. All we know is, well, you just go to the pastor. That's not how you do it. You just go to the thermostat and turn the thermostat. But there's something feeding fuel into that furnace, whether it's gas or electricity. It's being fed into there. Well, how do you how do you stir up the gift of God? You, well, one thing you do it by faith one way. I'm stir. You know, you can say I'm stirred up by faith and stir yourself up. I'm stirred up. You may not feel stirred up. Just keep saying, I'm stirred up, praise God. I'm stirred up. But you also have to add some fire to it. You have to excuse me, add some fuel to the fire. What's that mean? You gotta, you gotta, you got to spend time at the things of the Lord. You gotta be in the house of the Lord and get stirred up. You gotta read the word of God and put some fuel on the fire. Or pray. Or worship the Lord. How I many you know there's different things that we do that adds fuel to the fire? I've gotten stirred up by the Bible, reading the Bible. I've got stirred up by somebody preaching to me. I've got stirred up by praise and worship. I got stirred up this morning by praise and worship. I could feel more wood getting put on the fire, just praising and worshiping the Lord today. I could feel that fire inside of me getting stirred up. Well, that's because I was entering in. I was opening my mouth. Jesus said, if any man's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. You can't drink with your mouth closed. You got to open your mouth and drink. And if you'd have been close enough, you'd have heard my mouth open singing. And not only singing, but thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In between those silence places, the filling, I'm filling in the gaps. When they're not singing, I'm filling in the gaps. Praise God. Well, I'm stirring something up on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And I'm leaving better than I came. Glory to God. I'm getting some spiritual energy in me. It comes through praise and worship. God. Well, if you just keep your mouth shut, you're not, you're not drinking anything. You're not drinking in. You're not putting fuel on the fire. You have to put some fuel on the fire. Amen. Well, the thing of it is, is, is the fire... You know, it's there. God put it in there, but it's up to us to do something. It's up to us to do maintenance. Right. Amen. You know, the guys that install your furnace, they don't come over and turn your thermostat up. You do that. You have to stir it up. Amen. Paul said it this way. He said, I press, I press, I press. Now, let me say this to you. Jesus said something, <clears throat> and when you... When you think about it, you decipher what he said, uh, it comes down to this. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Yeah. In other words, what you give your attention to, your desires will go to that. Yeah. You may not desire, you know, to do certain things. But if you do it, certain things, if you do them, it, it, it's liable to grab you, mm -hmm. Right. You know, I'm not a golfer. Greg's tried to get me to be a golfer. He's, he's drugged me to these tournaments like I'm Tiger Woods or something. 
And I and, and you know, and Teach was there, and, and every time, and I, I mean, I, I can't hit the ball very far. And every time I do what Brother Teach told me to do, it, it would go a distance. Nothing outstanding, but, you know, at least I couldn't reach over and grab it still. <laughs> and so one day we're out there, and, and I'm hit, and Teach is telling me what to do. I don't know if you remember this, brother. He's telling me what to do. Keep, you know, and I did it, and it, hey, it worked. It wasn't a hole in one. I mean, you know, it wasn't even close to the hole. But it, I felt good about it. Then I did it the next time, and it didn't work. And I said, what did I do? Tell me. Come on, tell me what I do. And he said, you took your eye off the ball. See, I wanted to watch where it was going. you got to watch what you're hitting. You know, and so, you know, but I, I, I'm out there a little bit, you know, and, and, and Greg bought me some golf clubs, you know, because there's a golf course and thing within walking distance from my house. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I realized, you know, if, if I did this enough, this would get a hold of me. If I didn't backslide first from getting frustrated. But I realized, see, if I give my attention to this, right? See, some people think, because I'm not now, I haven't, I haven't been a runner for, t- for about two years. But I, I was for years and years, and for a number of years. And some people think, how could, you ever, how could you ever like to do that? How could you ever want to do that? I mean, I take a run, Pastor, and my key fob still works. That's how far I get. Well, the thing of it is, is when you start out, you think the same thing. But if you stick with it, it gets inside of you. And now I, I, I needed to quit for some reasons. And so it, I, I had a hard time quitting. I had to fight just like I had to fight to start. I had to fight to stop. I still have to. When the Lord gives me permission to go back, I'm going back just as soon as He gives me permission. But but He dealt with me. You need to stop. At least I need to stop for a while for some things. And so I did try, and I I'd find myself back out there doing it again. I think, oh, man, I know the Lord said don't do this, but you know, don't tell Him. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> and it took me about. It really took me about a year and a half to finally totally slow. And that may sound odd to you. But even today, I'll see somebody running and I'll think, oh, man, I enjoyed it so much. What happens? The same thing's true with the things of God. If you give yourself to them, you'll catch on fire. You'll think, how did I ever make it without spending this much time with the Lord? Amen. Amen. Go go over to Proverbs chapter 27, I believe it is. Proverbs 27. I want to read scripture over there. Proverbs 27. Now, I want to pray for you today. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Do you need stirred up? There's nothing, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. I've needed it. You've needed it. Do you need that hunger stirred up? If, if somebody needs it, God's going to stir that up in you today by the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Proverbs 27. I want you to go there. How many know the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those that just casually seek Him? That's not what it says, does it? It's those that what? diligently seek him. And it's talking about Enoch in that passage, how he walked with God and he was not for God took him. 
He was a diligent seeker of God in Genesis chapter 5. And one day he's out seeking God and God just raptured him out of here, took him out. And the Bible says God's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I'm not saying he's going to rapture you out, but he's going to do something for you. He's a rewarder, a rewarder. How many think God's rewards are pretty good? All right, let's go. Have you got Proverbs 27? Look at verse 7. It says, A full soul loathes a honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Has anybody... <laughs> I don't even know why I'm asking this question, because I know you have if you're alive. Remember the times you've, you've eaten so much that it's like food doesn't even look good any longer. Does it? You're too full. Amen. You would not, you would not believe how many uh, times I've done that. And then, you know, it's like tomorrow I'm changing. How many ever had those times? You know, where you've, you've blown it. So, like, you know, I already ate a whole roll of Oreos. So it's too late now. Eat the rest of the package. Am I the only one that's ever done that, or is that come, has anybody ever had vain thoughts like that besides me? See, you think, well, it's done too late now. I, but really, I'm serious. I, you know, you think I'm joking. I'm, not, I'm serious. I'm like, I've done blown it now. It's like, might as well go ahead and eat the whole thing now. We'll start over tomorrow. I don't know when tomorrow's going to. Really, tomorrow is here today. Tomorrow started for me yesterday. I did that on Friday, and I said, that's it, that's enough. And so I'm in tomorrow. Hallelujah. You know, so, so what I'm saying to you is, is when, you get to, when you're full, when you're full, when you're full of life, when you're full of yourself, when you're full of your things, you get so full you're not hungry for God. Right? That's what the Bible's teaching you. See, but listen, have me know, that full people complain. See, a, a, a full soul loathes a honeycomb. Well, honey's good, man. Honey's sweet to the taste. It's good. But a full soul doesn't even want it. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. I mean, if you get hungry enough, you'll eat anything. If you just get hungry enough. Now, when you're full, it's like, well, it's just, I don't know. It's just not... The eggs just ain't cooked enough for me. How many know the guy that hadn't eaten for five days doesn't care how cooked the eggs are? Well, I like my eggs. You, you know what I'm saying? You're, if you haven't eaten for five days, you ain't going out. Well, I like my eggs over, over hard. How many know that? You're not thinking, you're just like, give me some eggs. Isn't that right? Now, when you're hungry for God, I'm telling you, you'll find food. In, any place. Amen. But you, you know, here's what I know. Is it, it, when people are, when they're always finding fault, they're not hungry. And they're hard to feed. But hungry people, man, I'm telling you, they, <laughs> they're ready to eat. You know, fool people's like, well, you know, I, I think the sermon was a little long today, didn't you? <laughs> hungry people don't talk that way. That's just full people. Yeah. What are they full of? They're not full of God. 
Because if you're full of God, the thing, about, the thing about being full of God is you stay hungry. You get satisfied, but you're still hungry. It's a supernatural thing. So. But when you're full of yourself, you're not hungry for the things of God. Amen. And so you have to stay this, you have to keep this edge about you. Amen. A full soul. Remember Jesus when he went to his hometown? How many remember him going to his hometown, Nazareth? What could he do there? The Bible said he could not do any mighty works there. He couldn't. Why? I'll tell you why he couldn't do any mighty works there. Because they weren't hungry. He could there do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick folk. Well, they weren't hungry. They weren't hungry. But how I many if you read if you read Mark's gospel, that same chapter, Mark chapter six, you ought to check this out. First six verses, he's at his hometown. He can't he can't do anything there. But then he goes to another region, and they come out in droves. They bring the sick out in the streets. I mean, they had a meeting. What's the difference? One was hungry. One wasn't. All they could say is, well, isn't this Joseph's son? All you do is find fault. The others didn't care who he was. They were just hungry. Then Jesus, one time, he was preaching in this guy's in this house. And the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the them was, the Bible says, there were doctors of the law and Pharisees in the meeting. They were sitting by, listening to Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them, plural. Now, when the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them, what does it tell us? Not good English, but them needed healing. The power wouldn't be there to heal them if them didn't need it. But the Bible says... There were so many people in that place that nobody else could get in. And there was a man that had the palsy. He was paralyzed. His friends could not get him into the meeting, so they went up on the roof, tore the roof open, and let him down to get him in the meeting. That's some hungry folk. Is that right? I mean, when you got people that won't come to church because it's raining, they ain't hungry. Well, you know, I mean, if we were having tornadoes, and a, that might be different, but a little rain? Well, I might get wet going into church. You might. But the thing of it is, when you're hungry, you, you, you listen. When you're hungry, we've seen them in the foreign lands. If Phyllis can testify this, she's been over there with me some. We've seen them in the foreign lands. Man, they, they're all hanging on to the side of a truck, in the bed of a truck, hanging on to the cattle bars, you know, coming to church, you know, got their tie, their dress pants on, dress shirt, tie on. They're all coming to church, you know what I'm saying? Amen. I mean, they walk to church, you know, they catch buses or taxis, they get in back of vehicles and so forth, just any way they can get there. Amen. Amen. You know, I mean, they, 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 it doesn't stop these people and they just, they come out, praise God. They're hungry. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I've tried to be respectful when I'm preaching because, you know, I know that the, the buses, the taxis and all that shut down at a certain time. And, and these people are, some of these people, they, they I mean, if they didn't catch the bus or the taxi or, or some way or another to get there, they're going to walk a long way. So I'll ask pastor. Pastors told me before, I said, what time do the buses stop running? What time do they, where these people can't get rides? They can't, you know, and they, I want to know. I don't want to keep them past that unless the Holy Ghost is just supernaturally moving and we can't help it, praise God, we'll let them go because they made such an effort to get there. Amen. 
will sometimes walk down paths for no telling how long just to get there to be in the house of God. Amen. No air conditioning. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, I started to say I've only preached in one church that had air conditioning on the foreign field, but I preached at a hotel once. It had air conditioning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But it doesn't matter. They're hungry. I was preaching for a morning service one time. This was several years ago now, with maybe at least 15, 10, 15. I was preaching in the morning service, Pastor Jerry, and we were having, it was like to leadership, you know, to leaders. It was a leadership conference, you know. And we're having this morning service. And I'm saying there's maybe, I don't know, um, I really don't know, 50, 80 pastors, leaders in this meeting. And we had a couple songs. And I'm telling you, these people came alive as soon as they hit that keyboard. They came alive. And I'm thinking, wow, we got a bunch of Holy Ghost-filled pastors here, leaders here. What a meeting we're going to have. And so I'm preaching. A friend of mine's preaching. We're there together, you know. And he gets up and he preaches, you know. And he's, I'm, I don't even remember what I preached on. But I, I remember he preached on, you know, the gifts of the, some, some of the gifts of the Spirit. And he talked about speaking in tongues, you know. And when he got done, one person raised their hand. And he said, yes, what do you want? What is speaking in tongues? I thought, oh, my gosh. I thought we had a bunch of Holy Ghost baptized in the Holy Ghost fire believers here because they act more fire on fire than we do. And he said, he explained a little bit and he gave an altar call. And out of this maybe 80, 50 of them came up to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now I thought, what a service we should have now. Hallelujah. They're already alive. Now they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Look out! <laughs> but they were hungry. They were hungry. Amen. Come on, are you with me? Go to one last scripture. Let's go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter 10. We'll close right here. Did you get something today? Yeah. Isaiah chapter 10. Just talking about spiritual hunger and, and, and keeping your hunger, maintaining your hunger, keeping stirred up. You see that story I was telling you? Those men that let the man down through the roof, he got healed. He got healed. But everybody in there could have got, got, received their healing. But they weren't hungry. All, the others, you know what they did? They complained because Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. And that, all they could do was complain. Who was he to say that? I mean, hungry people don't complain. You know, I... You know, I don't think we should be weird. But if somebody's got something, weird's not going to stop you. I don't know if I should say this or not, but, but, but you look at some, some of the people that God used. Some of them were a little bit different. I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember when Catherine Kuhlman was on TV now, she wasn't like the normal person that you go to Hardy's with. She was different. She had a little bit, you know, different mannerisms about her. I'm not making fun of her. I'm just telling you this is the way she was. 
But I'm, and, and that may have turned some people off, but hungry people that need something, they're not turned off. Amen. And you can think what you want to about her, but people got healed and delivered. Yeah, abs absolutely proof of it. Proof of it. One guy, he came to the meeting one time, and he was, he was a non-believer. He actually did not believe in Miss Kuhlman. He did not believe in her ministry. He did not believe in, uh, you know, in divine healing like that. He thought she was a fake. She was a phony. He came to the meeting, and he's harassing people. He's making fun of her. He's making fun of the meeting. He's, in, he's out there making fun, and all of a sudden, he got healed. He got his ears open. He was deaf in one ear, and it got opened up. Well, he went to the, you know, you'd in her meetings, they, you know, she didn't really lay hands on people per se. She just would say, God's doing this and God's doing that, and people get healed, you know. And this guy, they would come to the stage to, to you know, they'd interview him a little bit and ask him what happened. And then they would maybe let him up on stage to tell what happened. You know, Miss Kuhlman would interview him. And so this guy gets up there <laughs> and he says, I don't even believe in this. I'm an, I think he might have said, I'm trying to think, I think he might have said, I'm an atheist or an agnostic. I don't even believe this. He said, I came here to make fun of this. I was out there making fun of people. And he said, God opened my ear. I remember Miss Kilman looked at him. She said, get on your knees. <laughs> Man, he got on his knees and gave his life to Jesus Christ. Amen. But regardless of her mannerisms and things, you know, you know, that flowing gown and are you waiting on me? If you're hungry, you'll look past all of that. Isn't that right? Are you with me now? See, I've got friends that they can't go to certain places to eat because they don't like the, the, the ambiance. I was in a place here in town one day, and I was eating, and I got some friends, they won't go there. They won't go there. But if you get hungry, they'll have me know you'll go anywhere. Now, I'm not, I'm not real picky. And I understand why they won't go. One guy said it's, it's like a feeding trough for pigs. They all come to the trough and... He said, I just can't stomach it. <laughs> I was there one day, and I look over there, and one of the waitresses has got a toilet plunger in her hand. And I thought, you know, this is a little rough, I, I will admit, but <laughs> mine, the food's good. And I understood, you know, it, it, you know, it, you know this, this is a particular buffet here in town, and and I understand there's times I've gone, it, gone to it and thought, man, why do I come here? But it's like, I don't know, I like it, praise God. And, we, and there's another place that we've gone to. I mean, it, it looks like it needs condemned. The, I mean, it just looks like the building needs pushed down, but the food's good. But here's, the, here, here's my point in all that. See, hungry people, if you get hungry enough, you don't care what, what the trough looks like. Amen. You get hungry for God, amen, right? Amen. Well, I, I want to go to, I, Pastor, I want to go to the big, fancy, nice church, the, 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 fi, the $5 million church, the cathedral, and all. I don't know about you, but I don't really care about all that. I care about, that's fine, but what I want is the food. 
I want fed. I want fed. I can go to a nice, all I got to do to go to nice, all I got to do is walk through the lobby of the hospital to go to a nice building. But I, want, I want fed. Amen. And so I've never been one of those, man. I've always been like, man, I'm going where the food's at. Hallelujah. Come on, did you get anything today? All right, Isaiah 10, 27. We're closing here. Isaiah 10, 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of your shoulder and his yoke from off of your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Let me tell you how you can tell you need to stir up your hunger. If yokes are coming back on you and staying on you. You hearing what I'm saying? See, what is the job description of the anointing? The anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. So if there's enough anointing in your life, burdens that come, yokes that come, can't stay. They may come, but they can't stay. Because given enough time, the anointing will remove the burden and destroy and crush the yoke. I'm not saying you won't have challenges. Things will come. But if you get enough anointing in your life, it can't stay. It gets destroyed. It's like, devil, you put the wrong place because I got some power on me to destroy that. But when you find these yokes that maybe were off of you, you've already been delivered from, and burdens you've already been released from coming back on you, it's a sign the anointing's diminishing in your life. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm talking about the manifested presence of God, the manifested anointing that does things in your life. There's a huge difference between God not leaving you and the Holy Spirit not leaving you and His power working in your life. That should be obvious. But when you get that anointing on your life, burdens don't stay. Yokes get destroyed. Why? Because the anointing's present. Hallelujah. Well, how does the anointing come? Well, the anointing comes when you're hungry. When you're filling your things with yourself with the things of God. Amen. Nothing else satisfies like the things of God. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.